You are listening to the Our View podcast, where we aim to educate, raise awareness, and change the tone of conversation about disabilities. Every week, we bring you episodes that are centered around topics related to disabilities. As the host, it is my hope that you are not just inspired by these stories that are shared, but that you put some action behind your inspiration to do something that improves the lives of those who live with disabilities. I thank you, our loyal listeners, for your support and remind you to subscribe to our YouTube channel at Our View for Life and to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts to tell us what you enjoy most about the podcast. Let's get into this conversation. So I would like to welcome everyone back to another episode of the Our View podcast, where we aim to educate, raise awareness, and change the tone of conversation about disabilities. I am happy to be back with a brand new episode with my guest, Tony Jackson, today. So Tony, thank you for joining me on this episode of the Our View podcast. And thanks for having me, Arthur. I appreciate it. Yes. So uh, to get started, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your uh, disability diagnosis? Uh, wow. Let's see here. So I have arthrogryposis, uh, which for those of you that don't know, they say it's rare, but I've seen a few people with it, so it can't be that rare. Um, but it's a congenital joint condition. So my joints are fused together. Um, I have lower muscle tone. Um, there's a wide range of it. Some people can walk. I call those folks cheaters. Um, and then I, I use a power wheelchair. Um, and so it's kind of all over the place, but basically all four limbs are affected in some way. The joints in all four limbs are affected. Um, and so that, that's, that's it. That was born with that. And, uh, this was pre ADA. So, uh, so it was an interesting time. I mean, obviously I made it, I'm still here. Um, but you know, a lot of the protections that weren't around now weren't there back then. So, um, yeah, but you know, my parents did it. They made it work. Good job, mom and dad. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, the pre-ADA days. Those are uh, <laughs> always, it's always great to talk to people uh, who grew up during that time, um, you know, before we had the uh, the law in place. And for us to be, like you said, still around and, and to still, uh, to know what it was like before then and to see the changes that have been made, it's really, um, really important to uh, talk about. And uh, you and I, we exchanged um, a few emails back and forth uh, before we uh, arranged this recording. And in one of your emails, you mentioned that you do voiceover work. Mm-hmm. And that was uh, that caught my eye like right away. I was like, oh, my gosh, that's really great. <laughs> um, so can you share with us um, what you like most about that? And also, um, have you found that uh, voiceover work to be accessible uh, to you, I know before we started recording, you said you're in your studio there, um, you know, where you, where you do all of your your work from. And, and uh, can you just share with us about that uh, voiceover work and the process of it all? Um, I will say this. One thing that I love about voiceover is that it doesn't matter what I look like, right? For <laughs> anybody who had ever wanted to act or, or do anything and be in entertainment somehow, Voiceover is fantastic because it really doesn't matter what you look like, which for so many people is a huge barrier because they look at us and automatically assume that we can't do certain things or write us off for various reasons. And when you're behind the microphone and there's no camera on, they only care about what you sound like, Mm -hmm. right? 
and and that and so to answer your other question it's very accessible because i'm sitting here in my home studio which i built to work for me and so i can do everything that i need to do in here um and and not have to worry about whether or not the studios on the second floor and if there's no elevator in the building or are the doorways wide enough or am I going to damage these expensive walls because I don't have enough room to turn around in the studio <laughs> right uh, there's no there's none of that involved and and what's great now too is that a lot of the bigger studios um especially during the pandemic which you know I know covid was horrible for a lot of people but there were so many good things that came out of covid right uh and one of those things was for voice actors who couldn't come into the studio and record, you know, shows or whatever it is that they were doing, some of the bigger studios were sending people um, recording kits, so that way every single voice actor had the exact the exact same equipment to record on. And so, I mean, accessibility was great for everybody during COVID, right? And a lot of that stuff still carries on now, even though things have opened back up for the most part and things are kind of i don't want to call it normal but i'm going to call it normal for lack of a better way of putting it um so all of those things came out of covid and, and it's it's just accessibility for all of us you know whether or not you have a disability it's great yeah that is um definitely one of the positives that um happened over the last few years with the COVID situation where people do get to work from home and they see that people are productive at home. And I know, um, you know, for myself and others who I have talked to who have disabilities, um, you know, having a flexible work schedule where you're able to uh, work from home sometimes or a hybrid work schedule, I should say, now that uh, offices are opening back up, they're still allowing people to work from home for a certain number of days during the week. and. Um, how helpful that is for those of us <clears throat> who have disabilities. So, uh, you know, I wanted, I, I just wanted to, uh, you to share with people how that, um, you know, how the voiceover work is very accessible and, and how it did, um, glad you mentioned how it, it changed and helped everybody throughout uh, COVID where everybody was able to record their things from home. That's really cool. Yeah. I mean, it's great. It's great. And, and again, I don't have to worry about going into a studio, um, if if I can do it from home, I do it from home. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, I'm going to switch the order of my questions on you really quick, since you did bring up um, the fact. I studied. Of... I studied the questions, <laughs> and I have my answers in a, in an order. And I don't know. I don't know if I can do that. <laughs> well, it made me think when you brought up that um, doing voiceover work, it doesn't matter what you look like, and that reminded me of. Uh, in our in one of your emails, you wanted to say that um, people with disabilities are, you know, we're just people and we need to raise more awareness about that. And you mentioned that you use a power wheelchair mm -hmm. and that's just one of the ways that you, it's just how you get around that, like, that's it. Right. It's not all of who you are, that there's more to you. And um, I just wanted you to share, why do you think it is important for us as people with disabilities to share our stories with others? Um, because I think despite a lot of the progress that's been made, especially over the last maybe five years or so, there's still a long way to go in, in helping people understand who we are as people with disabilities, especially people with outward facing disabilities, you know, typically physical disabilities, because they see us and automatically assumptions start, start forming, right? I had a couple conversations over the last 
few months where people look at me and say, wow, you know, you're an inspiration, right? Which we hear all the time, right? <laughs> Thank you for allowing me to inspire your life. Um, and, and it was interesting because both of these conversations and that comment came from the fact that either they could see that I use a wheelchair or I was on the phone with them and I told them that I use a wheelchair. And, you know, I, I get up every morning, I, I eat breakfast, I usually shower. Um, and and they're like, wow, it's, you are such an inspiration to see you out here doing this and doing that and all of these other things. And I go, look, I mean, I, I'm, I'm still doing things that you do every day. I'm sure you ate at some point today. You may or may not have showered, I don't know. Um, you know, the difference is, is that I have somebody who comes in and helps me do those things. Right. But, you know, I get on the bus just like other people who don't have cars. You know, I have, I have a job. I work, you know, I earn a paycheck just like other people who have jobs. You know, I started working when I was 15. Right. I, you know, just like a lot of people did. And, and so one person I said into, in particular, he goes, you know, I don't, I don't know if you know this, but you know, you, you're, you're inspiring to me. And I go, yeah, I know that because everybody tells me that. So actually, I do know. But but I'm not inspiring because I use a wheelchair, right? And and what I told you in the email was what I told that guy in the conversation. I said, the wheelchair is just how I get around, mm -hmm. right? Like, if, if you have a broken leg, you got crutches, right? I don't think you're inspiring because you hobble yourself along a sidewalk, right? Of course, my perspective is different because I use a wheelchair every day. Um, but, you know, there's nothing inspiring about using crutches, Right. But it's interesting now that I'm talking about it, somebody who uses crutches for six months because they had a surgical procedure and the person who is a congenital amputee who was born without a leg or both legs, like they're both using crutches. Right. But the person who was born without a leg or two legs is the one who's seen as inspirational. Mm -hmm. Right. The, the person who is hobbling along because they're wearing a boot, but they're still using crutches is just seen as somebody, Oh, that that's temporary. That will go away. Mm -hmm. Right. And in, so the, the, the devices we use are just what we use to help us navigate the world just like everybody else. Yeah. And it's, I always, um, I love having these types of conversations because um, it's true. Like I, like you said, we, we have to eat, we shower, we do everything that everybody else does. And what, um, what about that is inspiring is, is what I always would like to, to know. <laughs> um, you know, I'm just living my life. I have to do things differently. It looks different to them, uh, to people. So, um, and then it makes me wonder of, I guess the, I don't know if it's a stereotype or um, just a way of thinking that people with disabilities need to be healed or fixed, uh, that something's wrong with us. Oh, man, um, that, that happens. <laughs> yeah, that God, I, so many stories. I've been prayed over so many times and no offense oh. to anybody who is is who is deeply religious or has deeply held religious views. That's fine. I no problem with that at all. But I've been prayed over so many times and I'm still in this wheelchair. Yeah, still here. It happened to me over the summer. I was in Maine with um, some friends of mine and their two children and a woman, we saw her, she was by herself and we were overlooking the ocean at some, you know, park and she comes over and she starts talking to my friends and then she works her way over to me and I'm sitting in my wheelchair and she says, oh, may I, may I pray for you? And I said, no, thank you. 
and she insisted, you know, two or three more times. And I said, no, th that that's okay. And she said, well, I just want to pray that, you know, that you get healed and get out of that wheelchair. And I said, well, you know, I, I kind of talked to Jesus too. And he kind of told me this is, you know, this is how it's going to be. And like, I'm, I'm okay with that. And, you know, we really have to be careful what we say to people because we don't know where they are in their, in their journey. Like you said, if, if somebody is born with their disability, like I was, um, you know, I, I still may not be okay with having a disability. You just have to be very careful with, um, with how you approach, uh, people and how you, um, engage with, with people who have disabilities. And there's a quote that I, um, that I heard on uh, clubhouse. I was in a clubhouse room, um, a couple, well, it's probably over a year ago. And it says that I love the word inspiration when it's connected to action. And, you know, cause saying like you're an inspiration, but it's like, what are you doing with that inspiration? Is what I, right. you know, what I want to know. I'd love to follow up with some of these people. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and find right. out what did you do with that inspiration you got from me? Did you yeah, go yeah, and help? Right. I mean, what help are you doing these days? Yeah. Right. Are are you saving the world? You're part of the world these days because of my inspiration. Right. What are you doing with it? Or did you go to the grocery store and buy Cheez-Its instead of Cheetos? Right. Right. I mean, like, did you do anything positive with this or right or, or not? Yeah. Um, did you? Was it Old Orchard Beach in Maine that you went to? I don't think so no but we were i was there for a week we had up a few places but i don't think that was one of them but it was yeah it was maine was was beautiful i can't wait to go back but it was um you know and that kind of thing happens all the time and the, the best part about that which i left out was um my friend's four-year-old he says he he just pipes up and he says no he has to use his wheelchair or his crutches to walk he can't walk without him he can't move he can't get around without him and I said, right. I said, great, he's four years old and he knows that. Why? Because we talked about it. <laughs> he asked right. me about it. <laughs> right. And it's I'm all, sure. it's all on the approach that people have. Like you, you didn't ask me, you know, I, I said, if you asked me what you, what I needed you to pray for, I would have said, you know, like some money or something like that. I don't need to be healed and, or fixed. I'm, I'm cool. I'm good. <laughs> but, you know, yeah. just respond and, and, and engage in conversation with people is I think what, what is missing a lot of times. Um, so I, I, you know, I'm glad that we, we touched on that for sure, because it's always, uh, it's always fun every time you, you interact with people outside. <laughs> yeah, you, you know, I, th I think a lot of it still stems from old tropes of people mm -hmm. with disabilities being afflicted by disease or, or, mm -hmm. or, or something like that. And now people with disabilities are frail and, and mm -hmm. live in orphanages and we eat you know, three week old ham sandwiches and, right. you know, drink water. Right. And, you mm -hmm. know, it's just, okay. I mean, I get it. Right. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I understand. So one other thing that, um, of the many things we discussed in our email was, um, that you, uh, play power soccer. And that was, um, that was, that's really cool. I've, I guess I'm interested in sports, uh, watching sports, but I've never been, mm. um, you know, the one to want to play sports. I don't know. Uh, right. I don't know why. See, that yeah. was the same with me when I was growing up. Uh -huh. Right. That was the same as me. My, you know, my dad played football. My brother played football. My sister ran track, you know, all those things. And, and, and so there was never a sport for me growing up, or at least not that I knew of anyway. Right. And so um, super, super long story short, um, I was actually at a soccer match. It was the, 
Major League Soccer Championship match back in 2007. And I was sitting in the wheelchair section, and there were other wheelchair people in that section with me. And a guy said, you know, you ever play power soccer? And I was like, no, 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 no. Um, <laughs> and so, But I had heard of it. Somebody else had told me about it. Um, but I didn't think it would be fun. I didn't think it would be what I wanted out of sports. So he gave me a DVD. He says, here, watch this. If you like it, go find a team in your area. And I was like, all right, cool. Um, so I get home. I watch the DVD. It is a highlight reel of the 2007 World Cup in Tokyo. Wow. This is a thing. Right? This is a thing, like high level competition, right? And like, so uh, if you you use crutches, do you use a manual chair or a power chair? I use a manual chair. Okay. So you know people in power wheelchairs, though. Yes. Right? Yes. So I, I guarantee you, I guarantee you that every single person in a power chair has thought about what it would be like if they turned the speed on their chair up all the way and and just did crazy stuff in their chair, right? Like jumping off little ramps or, you know, whatever it is. That I, I'm telling you, every single one of your friends who uses the power chairs had this thought in their life. And power soccer was the answer for me. And I was like, oh, my, my goodness, these people are doing all kinds of things that I only ever thought, you know, in my dreams that I would ever do in a power chair. Right. And so um, I found a team. Uh, that's a whole different story. I can get into that another day, another podcast episode. Um, <laughs> but I uh, found a team, um, and that was January 2009, and I've been doing it ever since. Wow. It has, uh, it's been transformative for me in so many ways. Wow. Um, yeah. It's cool. So for those of you that don't know, Power Soccer, super long story short, uh, started in France in the late 70s, early 80s, um, and they started playing – with physiotherapy balls, the big giant, big rubber balls. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the balls um, started going down in size. At one point it was basketballs, um, but the basketballs oh. proved to be dangerous because the wheelchairs would roll over the basketballs. Um, oh. Yeah, so the, so they made a bigger version of a soccer ball um, to where we are now. This, so the current soccer ball is 13 inches around in diameter, mm-hmm. not in circumference, in diameter. It's 13 inches in diameter. Um, <clears throat> it's four on four on a basketball court. Um, back in the day, we used to use our everyday power chairs and um, and would have people like custom build um, mounting brackets um, for the metal cages that go in the front of the chair that used to go in the front of the chair. Um, so all of these cages for a while, they were custom built. It was very like DIY for a while in the beginning. <laughs> um, and those cages are used to not only protect our legs and feet when we're playing because 350 pound wheelchairs are heavy when they're moving. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and, and so not only do they protect our legs and feet, but that's also how we manipulate the soccer ball when we're playing. Cool. Um, and so about 2012, a company in Minnesota and some very, very smart people there designed a wheelchair built specifically for power soccer. Um, it's wow. built low to the ground, extra wide, because it's got a lot of power and it hits with a lot of force. Um, and a regular wheelchair with that kind of power would flip over immediately. Um, so now we all use custom-built, high-performance power wheelchairs to play, and it's awesome. And I love it. That's awesome. That's really cool. I've been, um, I haven't seen that done in person, uh, but I've seen wheelchair basketball games in person and mm-hmm. also sled hockey, which yep. um, there's a local uh, – team not too far from me and they keep telling me to come out and do the sled hockey where do you live <laughs> i'm in new jersey so in I'm, new jersey. I'm in new jersey near uh closer to philadelphia than to new york yeah 
Yeah, Philadelphia has a sled hockey program. Yes. Right? There's some. There's a few in that area. Yeah. Yeah. I used to yeah. live in New Hampshire, and sled oh, hockey is nice. huge up in New England. It is in, in the tri-state area. Yeah. Right? It's huge. Yeah, they um. So they keep telling me. I keep going to their games, and they're like, "Hey, like we have a spot waiting for you." <laughs> Just go out and oh, do it. You'll yeah. Love it. Yeah, I think I'll I'll try it uh sometime yeah, soon. Right. Yeah. So um, to conclude and wrap up our conversation, um, you and I connected through uh the gamut uh company mm -hmm. where they um they work with people with disabilities and they do all kinds of um they connect their uh, clients with uh, jobs and and in the world of media mm -hmm. and fashion and all other mm -hmm. great areas um can you share with us um how that has been beneficial to you and and more about uh about them i will say gamut has been really uh beneficial because they're in their work they're they're looking to represent people with disabilities and give mm -hmm. them a voice in the entertainment industry which is something that hasn't been a thing for a long time right and and so i came to gamut as a voiceover artist because i was thinking well first when i started doing voiceover i was like there can't be too many people like me out there who use wheelchairs and and who are voice actors wrong there are a few of us out there so very <laughs> naive of me uh, to to think that but so i i had a lot of experience already behind the microphone i was thinking you know gamut might be an opportunity to to do that right because so so what i failed to mention earlier is that in in addition to playing power soccer um i coach and i also broadcast power soccer cool. right so like I've, I've done pretty much every national championship tournament since 2013 um i've traveled to europe to do european championships i did the world cup the last one was in 2017, so I was the main broadcaster for that as well. Um, and then I, I did college radio before that. And so all of that experience helped me get into voiceover, which then, um, you know, led me to what I'm doing right now. Um, and then all of that, I was like, okay, I can I can go to Gamut now. I, I feel I feel comfortable enough going to, to Gamut and saying, hey, would you care to represent me, who happens to be a voice actor who used the power wheelchair? Um, and so Gamut, Gamut's been great, right? I mean, it's been it's been a wonderful experience so far. Um, in the beginning, I wasn't quite sure about it, to be completely honest. I, I Mindy, if you're watching, that's fine, just letting you know. <laughs> I wasn't quite sure about it at first, because, I mean, Gamut was still kind of starting out when I got connected with them a couple of years ago. And um, there weren't a lot of voiceover opportunities then. I, you know, I kept seeing auditions for, like, fashion wear and... And like they need models for this or that, and I was like, well, I don't really consider myself a model, right? That's not what I do. Um, but I will say to Gamut's credit, over the last like, especially during COVID, um, mm -hmm. over the last year or two, um, really started seeing a lot more voiceover opportunities. And these are opportunities that you're not going to get in your mailbox every day if you don't have a relationship with people who are connected to the entertainment industry who have relationships with casting directors and and you know directors and you know writers and, and animators and all, you know showrunners all those things right and so the team at gamut have used their the relationships that they've built with people over the years to give people with disabilities opportunities to show off what we can do mm -hmm. and it's wonderful um um, Danielle Pretzfelder Demichek um, is a casting director. I, Danielle, I hope I got your name right. I think I did. 
she she recently joined the the gamut team um in in order to to bring that casting side to the gamut top talent roster and one of the things that she's focusing on not exclusively but one of the things that she's focusing on is voiceover which has been great because i'm seeing opportunities that i wouldn't have seen before and um this all goes back to what i was saying earlier about how people will look at us and just automatically write us off for whatever reason <laughs> and and gamut is working to break that that train of thought that barrier um and and just put us out there right and people now are becoming more accepting and more willing to at least try it right to see what it's like mm-hmm. right and for for some of us it's worked out really well right and and for others our time is still coming right mm-hmm. but that's all because of 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 folks like Mindy Shire and the Gamut team um, who do this work every day to, to put us out there. You know, they do the runway of dreams yes. every year during New York Fashion Week, right? Yeah. Putting people with physical disabilities out there on the New York Fashion Week runway, which is awesome, mm-hmm. right? Because then people can see, yeah, you know, this person might be a wheelchair user. This person might have Down syndrome. This person might be an amputee. But, yeah, they can still be hot and beautiful. And, mm-hmm. and sleek and elegant and all of those, those other things. And we all have to wear clothes. So it's right. You know. Right. We all actually, I'm not wearing pants right now, but you can't be that. So I'm not being very fashionable by not wearing pants right now. Um, but yeah, other than that, I am wearing a shirt. Yes. yes. I am wearing a shirt, though. Yes. Actually, this was painted on my body last night, not even wearing a shirt. So. But it is. It's just, and it's just something that's simple where it's like, you know, you have all these fashion shows and it's just like, where is the representation of people with disabilities? Because it's like, yes, we all have to wear clothes. So it's, you know, so having having a, a company like Gamut to represent people with disabilities is really, really important. And it's really changing a lot of um, a lot of things and helping a lot of people, um, you know, get a start in in a world that um, they may have not had access to before. So it's um you know i wanted to uh, bring them up as well and yeah i have a it few fulfills more a need yes it does it fulfills a need i mean because i mean people with disabilities can go get on a roster at a talent agency mm-hmm. right the, the the road to that path might be a little more difficult because again talent agency might be like oh well you use a wheelchair i don't know if we can do that but gamut Gamut is focusing completely on people with disabilities and saying, yeah, you can do that. Let's go find somebody who says yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm really excited. I have a few more people that um, I was connected to through them that are going to be on the podcast coming up. So it's, uh, you know, it's great that uh, you all are open to sharing your stories and your experiences. And um, thank you, Tony, for, um, you know, for your time today. And is there anything um else that you would like to add any place that people can follow you on social media or any projects that you have coming up that you can talk about or anything else you Um, want to share (laughs) i don't have anything coming up that i can talk about right now Mm -hmm. um also you can follow me on social media i will be the first one to tell you i ain't the greatest on social media (laughs) i mean like there's some stuff on there Every once in a while, I put something on there. It might be interesting. I don't know, but you can find me at Tony Jackson VO um, on pretty much any 
platform except for TikTok because I just haven't still jumped on that bandwagon three years later yet. Um, <laughs> I just haven't done it. So, I mean, if, if I do it one day, you can find me there at Tony Jackson Via. But anywhere else, um, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, if it still remains to exist in a couple months, who knows? Right. Um, LinkedIn. <laughs> Um, Tony Jackson VO, you can find me on all of those. Facebook, even, even though I don't know who uses Facebook anymore. I do still sometimes, but yeah. <laughs> but thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate you and um, really enjoyed uh, hearing your story and, and learning a lot about the uh, voiceovers and the voiceover work and the, the uh, power soccer and all of the great things that you're doing. And um, so thank you. Yeah, my pleasure. Um, thanks for asking me to be a part of this. Yes. Uh, thanks to Gamut for getting us connected today. Yes. And yeah. Yeah, so you have a great day. <laughs> you too. Thanks a lot, Arthur. Thank you. <laughs> this concludes this episode of the Our View podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and on our YouTube channel. You can also follow us on all social media platforms at Our View for Life. That's O-U-R-V-I-E-W, the number four, L-I-F-E. If you have a topic or a person, or if you are a person who would like to be interviewed for an upcoming episode of the podcast, send us a DM on Instagram, send us a message on Facebook, or you can email me at ourviewforlife at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.